Hey, folks, welcome to The Crude Life. We're going to get to the exclusive interview in just about 10 seconds. But first, I want to tell you about an American Energy Worker Special. If you go to MyPillow.com and insert the promo code OTIS, that's O-T-I-S, you can get an amazing deal right now on a six-piece towel set made with USA cotton for $39.99. It's a $110 value, yours for only $39.99 with the promo code OTIS. The six-piece towel set plus many other exclusive amazing deals at MyPillow.com. Just use the promo code Otis. Please enjoy this exclusive interview. Uh, Drew Galang with All-American Services. Good afternoon, good morning, and greetings, salutations, All-American Services. Boy, that's a very All-American name. Let's find out where the name came from and what kind of services are involved with this All-American company. Well, I'm glad you asked. And uh, pretty much All-American Services actually came from the founder and owner, Jake Pate. Uh, He is a veteran. This is a veteran-owned company. And oddly enough, he loves this country so much, he's still in the National Guard. He's still doing it. Um, (laughs) But uh, All-American is, we're pretty much... Um, an oil and gas service provider. Um, We do a lot of support for, let's just say, the emissions control with uh, anything going, being said in regards to, hey, you know, cutting caps, plugging abandons, um, burning off gas is bad, there's too much emissions. Um, what, What our company actually does is we go in there and we support the rigs um, for any of the unnecessary venting, if that makes any sense. Um, do you know the processes in regards to that? Well, I, kn- I know about emission management in a lot of different ways, and that's what we're talking about, right? Emission management, flaring, and et cetera? Yeah, so the reason why he came up with this, so the company's been around for a few years, um, it all started with all the rules and regulations. You know, you can't like if you go to Texas, you can go and get candlesticks and just burn them off, right? You can throw them, vent it, burn it. Everyone's okay with it. In Colorado, it's changed quite a bit, actually. Um, pretty much they'd shut down the operation when we were in operations due to the fact of being around neighborhoods, being around schools, people calling that there's a fire, um, the wellhead's exploding or, you know, a sore for, it's a sore for your eyes and it's dangerous and there's emissions and, you know, it's hazardous and polluted. So, what uh, Jake actually, he patented his, uh, his incinerators, uh, and what he does for the most part is for the general public, the safety, the health, um, alleviating any vapors. Um, so the burners that he has actually goes anywhere from 18 to 2,000 degrees. So all that blue flame, flame you can't see any of it because of the type of uh, telescopic burners he has. So, A, we've, we've alleviated the problem with neighbors, you know, communities saying that it's bad to do what we do because they can't even see the flame anymore. And, B, we burn it off to a 99%, pretty much a desired 99% burn-off rate before it even hits the atmosphere. Um, uh, there's a lot to what we do. And, again, I'd love to have Jake as well um, explain more so of how he came up with the idea because he actually patented his brand of uh, – the burners that he made. You guys are based out of Greeley, Colorado. Is that correct? Correct. Uh, are you just in the DJ? Any other basins? 
Um, in regards to the burners, yes, we're just in uh, Colorado. Oh, that's right, because you, right, you guys have other services, too. Uh, we're just focusing on the oil and gas uh, wing of your All-American services. Uh, what other, I guess, services are you a part of? Let's not get into the details, but municipality, construction, just what are the other, uh, I guess, uh, sectors or industries? Um, well, actually, you named them all um, huh. after 2020. <laughs> After 2020, you know, everything happened, oil and gas, it crashed. Um, we were already in the civil side, um, and we had to pretty much expand and do what we can to survive, because oil and gas pretty much, it tanked. Everyone knows that. It, it was pretty bad for everybody. Our incinerators pretty much went to almost nothing, because nobody was burning anything off. They just didn't want to produce, nor did they want to cut it off. So we do hydrovacs, um, underground utilities, civil, and reclamation as well. Well, I would imagine that some of this CARES Act uh, rhetoric that's going around is probably catching your guys' attention. I mean, there's they're talking about do, you know devoting a lot of tax money to uh, these abandoned wells and, and reclamation and, and that sort of thing. We just had an interview with Curtis Shuck, the Well Done Foundation chairman, and um, anyway, it just came to mind when I, when you mentioned the reclamation side. Emissions control, roustabout wash station consulting. I'm looking at your guys' website, allamericanogs.com. For those people who'd like to check it out, allamericanogs.com. I see you've got all the social minks and links as well, not minks. Now you don't have a mink. There's no mink code up there, but there's a there's links up there. Oh, a links code. There we go. We're sticking in the uh, mammal family. Okay, there's a little joke there for some people. <laughs> Three people laughed. Everybody else turned the station. Okay, so um, go ahead. We tried to build a saying here for a lot of the, let's just say, naysayers out there. You know, with all American services, we try to bridge the gap between old processes and new regulations. And I know that sounds a little cliche here, but um, we help the environment. We help the community, and we help pretty much all your operators um, implement all the controls necessary simultaneously being able to burn off the whales that they have to without any complaints or being not in compliance with the rules and regulations. So on the oil and on the oil and gas side, would the operators be your customer? Yes. uh, The operators are our customer. Okay. And then uh, you mentioned the regulation side of things. You're in Colorado. Regulations have changed in the last few years. And yeah, I mean, (laughs) Well, you know what it reminds me of, what's kind of going on here, is the way when uh, mechanics, the mechanics that went to the next level that became like, you know, the big, oh, we've got multiple bays and all this other stuff, seem to be the ones that went and got a guy or a girl or three of them devoted to just being the insurance middlemen. All they do is work with the insurance companies so the, so the customer doesn't have to. And that's, that's my observation. I don't know if it's true, false, or whatever, but I see that happening in the oil and gas industry right now. And we, we talked about this, and it's not insurance, but it's re- regulation people. I mean, it's to where there's so much on the regulation side that it almost seems like that, that's almost either a full-time job or a new company that, you know, you met, we mentioned we're, we're serial entrepreneurs, so we're like, shut up, this is a million-dollar idea, you know? But um, how, how is the, the regulations in Colorado, I guess? Are they getting any better to understand? Are they still getting ramped up? Or 
I mean, it's it's not getting any easier for any of us out here in the oil and gas industry. And, and let's be honest, man. I mean, the rules and regulations are, are presented in such a way that most of the general public these days, they don't understand it. Um, most of these people usually read, they'll, they'll read a small article, they'll go on social media, um, and, you know, they're such believers and they wholeheartedly believe in something and they label it fact without any fact or any reality behind it. I mean, they all want the same thing as we do. Clean, reliable, efficient, low efficient. Clean, reliable, and, and pretty much affordable energy. But social media, the way it is these days, is all these rules and regulations are presented by a single person that speaks about it without explaining it. And then you've got these followers who just believe what they say. So that's what makes things worse and harder for us. I mean, not, not just to follow by the rules, but like we get complaints and calls for burning without them knowing what we're actually doing. We get fire departments called on us saying that, you know, there's an explosion or they're burning down the houses. Uh, and again, that's the reason why, you know, Jake and his family, they created what they created is, is to alleviate these problems as well as if they had any issues with these, uh, these burners of ours, we can explain to them that there are no emissions. We burn them up before it even hits the, before it even hits the atmosphere. So again, we're, we're trying to, to bridge that gap between the non-factual information, being able to produce, you know, clean, robot, reliable, efficient, low-cost energy, and do the things that the oil and gas operators have to do without being non-compliant. Well, a lot of this is the ESG revolution that's happening here, or the ushering in of it, um, which is uh, how we kind of connected for this interview, I guess, was a solicitation out there for companies that are doing uh, environmentally socially governance things more or less and uh we're talking about emission management so i imagine that that that's a big a big uh push or a big kind of focus that you're bringing the oil and gas companies are is there anything else on that that esg side that you guys are focusing on or are you still figuring it out for yourself i mean it's um you know it, it's it's one of those things where the rules aren't going to be set until probably next year so a lot of the conversation is already done but they're still some kind of some uh, formulation of the clay, if you will, happening. Yeah, there's, um, I mean, I know a lot of the, the rules and regulations are, let's just say, have not been implemented just yet to its full capacity. And that's why we're trying to be ahead of the game. In Colorado itself, um, with what we're doing um, in regards to the burners, is going to be a mandate across the entire Colorado within the next year or so. So we're still working on the kinks. We're working on, you know, how we can better, you know, do what we do in the oil and gas, um, how we can be environmentally friendly. Um, but again, we're, we're such a new company. We're just trying to roll with the punches, if that makes any sense. <laughs> well, it's tough because, you know, like, you know, we did an event and, you know, and, and we sent some stuff in and took care of it. But I always look at it this way that, the people, you know, like Meridian Energy Group. Meridian Energy Group is probably the leader in the ESG movement just by being the, you know, they're building the new refinery in Belfield. So you're talking about the first refinery being built in the last 50 years in the United States. So they're essentially going to be the greenest refinery in the world as soon as their lights go on. And so they've been held, like, to a, a scrutiny I've never seen in my professional career. Never. Um, the, the amount of, uh, they've had two, three years of litigation out of nowhere that they've had to just continuously prove themselves over and over again. 
And, you know, they're, they're taking it in stride and trying to, you know, say, oh, you know, we're learning from it. And, you know, we still get awarded the victory, but it's nice because it allowed us to be better. And, but now they're basically saying, okay, enough's enough. You know, enough's enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, at some point. So anyway, I, I forgot even how I was getting on that whole thing there. But uh, this, this ESG movement, I think it's on the one yard line. And so when I look at, companies like Meridian and even what we did with the Bach and barbecue and some of the other things, you know, those, um, tubes that you put in the bank and they go, they get sucked up. Okay. (laughs) There's this scene in lost where they make people record logs of people. And then they put it in that little tube thing. And then the tube just goes out to nowhere. It just goes into a hole and they get pumped and nobody looks at them ever. That's where I think a lot of this stuff goes right now. Nobody knows what to do with it. They're just kind of putting it in a pile, and one day they'll get to it and stuff. And so, and they will. And as soon as they can find something financially lucrative for themselves, so they can place this behind it, that's when it'll kick off. Yeah, and I, and you that's, know. that's that's what it is. You know, it, it's all it's all regulations for more finances for what they need. Yeah, I just hope I just hope for the industry they're they're able to get a hold of the narrative a little bit more instead of being a part of the reaction. And yeah. that's that's one of the things I, I, I really encourage industry to do is to get a hold of the narrative and not be a part of the reaction. And so yeah. um, anyway, and so kind of what we do is we, we found a, you know, instead of complaining about what's coming out and what will happen, especially after 2020, it's it's what can we do to be um, more productive and stay ahead of the curve? And we just did it. And it's starting to become something that everybody's beginning to use, which we're hoping, you know, fingers crossed that this thing takes off. And, and if they do come out with these crazy rules and regulations and, and, and they start implementing it to where it becomes a mandate, we'll, we'll be ready for it. What are you hearing from some of your colleagues? Because the one thing that the DJ and the Bakken do have in common is, uh, in fact, the, the Bakken worse than the DJ because DJ has Denver. Um, most of the operators are out of Houston and the decisions are out of Houston. And I think John, yeah, and John, John Lyle, last time he was in the program, he was opening an office or even moving part-time or full-time down to Houston because. Yeah. He's oh, actually finishing that up today. Okay. So there, there we go. We're bre- breaking news. This is in the industry. We call this white hot. It's so hot. It's white hot. You can't even see the colors folks. This news is white hot. John Lyle has moved to Houston. But it, it, it's definitely a trend, you know. I mean, we were looking at opening an office in Houston or maybe Oklahoma City just because you got to have a body down there and you got to be part of the action. And, and he saw that real quick. Um, oh, yeah. And that's, I think that's every, uh, everyone's, if they're not already from there, every, every operator or small business owner that pertains to, you know, the oil and gas or support or services, that's, that's their main goal, to be honest with you. They're trying to get down to Texas where the work is ready to go and there's, it's like the good old days, you know, cowboy days. <laughs> well, I was told about five years ago and maybe seven years ago that, and this is before COVID and before the 2009 downturn and everything like that, because remember, as much as the elected officials and appointed leaders tell you COVID created the downturn, don't let them get away with it because it started in 2019. And if you want me to show you whiting, Chesapeake and the other companies' bankruptcies. I can show you that because it happened in 2019. So, sorry. Wait, what? What, what is COVID again? Well, a lot of the. <laughs> I was just giving. Yeah, I, it just it really bothers me when I see these uh, <laughs> these officials. I mean, because listen, small business owners, this is their livelihood here. This is not yes. like 
like, oh, we move the goalposts and we keep getting paid. Small business owners don't keep getting paid. They got to adjust their life and they just can't do that on, you know, like on so nimble and quick like people think. So that's why I keep going back to the 2019. Like, no, that's when the problem started. Let's not forget that. But uh, what did you guys do during that during that time? Because it sounds like you guys really did some reassessing of your business. Yeah, so originally, um, a lot of our, let's just say, acquaintances, customers, friends, and families, they're, they're all a part of, you know, the oil and gas industry in some way or form. Um, but they were also involved um, with the processes of everything around it, just because they're entrepreneurs like yourself and myself. Um, we saw, you know, revenues go from X amount of dollars uh, 2018 to beginning of 2019. And then from there, we saw the new trends of, you know, going green energy. Uh, let's just say, what, what was that? Uh, uh, fiber, you know, fiber going in. Um, we saw that the housing market, even after the downturn, the housing market and civil construction started going through the roof. Um, so we pretty much uh, refocused our energy um, kept our customers, you know, as much as we could in the oil and gas industry, but refocused a lot of what we did in the HDD side, in the hydrovacuum side, in the civil side. Uh, it just, you know, started working for the city, uh, city facilities, underground utilities, things like that. It actually helped us get through and actually helped us helped us grow through those hard times. Yeah, I tell you, becoming uh, diverse with the streams of income uh, is is kind of you know the new norm for a lot of people either you got to become a micro niche and hit a home run or you gotta just have multiple streams you know and you know we mentioned about the industrial forest on how you know we're we're kind of doing a lot with them and they've even kind of evolved to where now they've got some products and the crude life we're actually going to start even selling some products now and um, doing a few things like that just because we got to you know it's time next level you know and um, well, it's perfect. I mean, you just give me a call, and I can help you sell whatever you need. <laughs> sounds like a plan, man. That sounds like a good time. Well, and a lot of my work's done in Greeley. I, I go to uh, Becker Safety quite a bit to uh, get stuff done there with uh, Devin. Well, Devin just started the first responders uh, store. Oh, yeah, now. yeah, yeah. I know Devin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Becker Safety. Yeah, we like to work with them on on a number of different things. And uh, good people, good family. Um, you know, just so anyway, it m- m- makes it easy, Greeley. Uh, all right, so let's take a look here at ESG, Environmental Social Governance. What do you want uh, people to know about your company when it comes to those types of things, I guess? You know, I mean, is that is that something that is getting a conversation going these days with people? Well, the Environmental Social and Governance? Yeah. The, that whole criteria? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it really depends on the people that you're actually working with around or for um, nine times out of 10. Um, most of that, most of those conversations would be had on a social media platform because people are, are more openly expressive. If that makes more sense on there versus into your face when you're with someone, um, it hasn't been a topic just yet, um, but it's coming. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's why I think people need to get on the narrative because um, they're going to end up being a reaction. I, I, unfortunately, I think so. 
uh, be a good reason for people to call you to get in, get to get uh, going on things like this because, like you said, it's going to be a mandate pretty soon in a lot of different yes. ways. I, I think personally in Colorado, um, you're going to have walls being built around oil wells in the same way in Los Angeles they were building schools, fake schools around oil wells, and in North Dakota. Go ahead. We do that now with all the sound walls that they build when they're when they're drilling or they're fracking. They they've got those those walls up. I mean, obviously they're not mm-hmm. permanent, but eventually, yeah, they're going to start building walls, if not even buildings around things, and it's going to make it harder for all of us to do anything. Yeah, and I get it. It's going to create a whole new industry, and and uh, for some people, building walls and tearing down walls and all these other things. But at the end of the day, the consumer is going to pay for it. And yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I'm I'm already seeing in my shale play profit mind, getting up on that oil drum, I'm almost seeing, <laughs> and instead of the rock of Gibraltar, right? Um, you, uh, I'm, I'm seeing where, I, I, I'm seeing $100 oil, but they're making less profit than they were at $50 oil. Like, uh-huh. I'm already seeing those numbers in my head, just by the new, there's a whole new wave of regulations that no one is talking about, okay? So if you take a look at what Donald Trump did a couple years ago, when he relaxed a whole set of regulations that would have just crushed small to mid-sized companies. So, and I I don't have them in my notes at this point because I didn't know we were going to talk about this, but um, these are all, there's a couple stories uh, two weeks ago that were basically editorials warning that these were coming to an end because Biden's executive uh, uh, order takes them away, rescinds them. So now a lot of these small to mid-sized companies are going to have these new federal regulations they're going to have to pay for. It's a new cost that come, is coming out of nowhere that I don't hear anybody talking about. So we might have to do that next week, find those regulations. Yeah, because yeah, they're, they're, it's kind of important. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, and again, and the biggest, the biggest issue we, you have right now is, like you said, it's the narrative that people are presented by the social media. You know, when and a lot of these people don't understand what we do in the oil and gas industry, whether it be drilling, fracking, you know, plugging abandons, um, you know, restoring wells or whatever the case may be, is they read what they read on social media. You know, whether it's a rule regulation by a governor, by a, a, an official or whoever it may be, they put it out there and they put a little story behind it. And, you know, oil and gas is bad. Uh, when, when a lot of these people don't understand, it's, you know, all the oil byproducts that we use, how to heat their homes, how to fuel their vehicles, you know, putting on chapstick, these little things, it's what we do, but it doesn't seem to have any importance as long as social media tells them it's not. <laughs> like you said, it's a narrative behind a story that makes no sense that people label fact. No, a couple of years ago, we were kind of joking that, you know, the uh, modern day environmentalist is a Keurig drinking, texting, <laughs> you know, I mean, you can't make it up. You just can't make it up. All right, guys, let's go have some burgers and make some Keurigs, huh? And then, and then, and then let's go demonize. Well, Jane Fonda, she just flew into Minnesota here about, well, on 4th of July, I was in Earhart, Minnesota. 90 miles away, Jane Fonda flew in and to protest uh, Enbridge and Line 3. Well, she's on a plane, and then she flies out. I mean, this is the type, you can't make this up. You just, you cannot, the, the disconnect is so... It's actually quite scary that the level of entitlement that's in control because the disconnect is just scary. You know, and and we joked, we joked yesterday that, um, you know, the great prophet, the great philosopher, George Carlin, 
He, he said it best, you know, the environmental, he said this in the 90s, environmentalists, they don't care. They just want their immediate area the way they want it. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, like yeah. you said, it's entitlement. Yeah, it is, you know. Well, and even, if, you know, if we want to get real existential, we can take one step back and say the Olympic basketball team just lost to Nigeria and they just yeah. lost to Australia, and that is not the rest of the world catching up to the NBA that is America <laughs> entitling itself down to the rest of the country, the world, without a doubt. Oh, yeah. Just, oh, yeah, I just heard about that, too. <laughs> I really believe that. that. That is an example of entitlements creating, um, be, be, becoming a product of just kind of dumbing down or lessening down or, you know what I mean, just really oh, yeah. pu- pushing down that versus somebody who's hungry and ready to win or hungry and ready to feed their family or whatever it might be. You know, you put a hunger, a fire in someone's belly. David will be no Goli- David will be yeah. Goliath. That will happen. Yeah, yeah I mean, you can't it, stop him totally. And so, um, anyway, um, what else should we talk about here? We got about a minute or two left. I kind of wanted to. Uh, oh, the veteran part. So let's talk about your guys' service. Oh, here's what I wanted to bring up. Next time you guys are uh, at your veterans club, I don't know. Okay. If, I don't know if you guys have one. <laughs> But, we can make that whatever you'd like. <laughs> but, uh, it'd be, you know, it'd be real interesting. I don't know if this exists, but is there a veterans club for critical infrastructure? Because pipelines are critical infrastructure. And the last time DAPL came, uh, the DAPL protest that was in North Dakota, as, sh- as soon as the disabled veterans showed up, I went, ooh, <laughs> unless you got children <laughs> in wheelchairs, you lost that battle. I mean, it's... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, disabled veterans, I mean, you can't really argue against them. I mean, they're, no, they, 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 they gave their leg for your freedom. I mean, so good luck. Um, I, but, you know, pipelines are critical infrastructure. Uh, I, I almost wonder if, the, if that might be a way to get some attention, to have veterans stick up for, you know, pipelines and that sort of thing. That's all. And it, it might be something. You might have, like I said, a, a little niche there. Um, again, I haven't gone down that route, so I don't know yet. And, it, and it's hard it, for business owners to get political, too. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. Every, everybody has a little bit too much of their feelings involved to where, you know, they don't realize the old motto of business is business. Now it's all about your feelings. So we can't really we can't really push that, if that makes any sense. Well, I got a theory on that. People don't like it, but I got a theory on it. Um, I'd love to hear it. Well, okay, you're 35, 36? 36. Are you a millennial or are you a what, – what are you considered? They're considering our age group, and don't, don't make fun of me, but I guess it's like a zenial. It's in between. The in between, I think it was – Yeah, I, uh, I'm not sure. All I know is that um, it was um, – I'm, I'm not a millennial, though. So basically <laughs> between, between the ages of, you know, 30 and – I don't know, maybe 35 and – 45 or maybe anyway what around that millennial age and i'm not trying to group and anything like that but it's that you know kind of around around your age and my age you know in between us yeah there was this weird weird ushering in of feelings into the workplace <laughs> and and i'm being told okay this is i'm okay well hang with me folks hang with me it, I, i'm in two minutes i'll come home with it just hang with me so one of my big beefs when it comes to climate change, I call it earth changes because if you go back to the dawn of recorded history, 
the earth goes through cycles, okay? And, and there's been ice ages and all kinds of different things before industry even came around and cars and all kinds of different things. So with that being said, I'm not a fan of consensus science. Science should be very sterile, should be very, as a matter of fact, if I drop this, this cup off of my roof, 15 scientists can figure out when it's going to hit the ground within a pretty good precision of one another. If I ask yes. them what the temperature is going to be, what, be like next week, they, can, they cannot come up with it. If I ask them what the climate's going to be like, you're going to be all over the board. That's not science. So when, no. when four out of five dentists agree that Trident gum is the best, that's not science, folks. That's consensus <laughs> science. So next time you, you hear that, that consensus science, it's honestly four out of five dentists approve Trident gum. That's what consensus science is. <laughs> now, in that same vein, during that time when science was kind of being eradicated through consensus science, they were ushering in the feelings into the workplace. And I just noticed it was the millennials. That generation would start a sentence with, I feel. I feel, well, I feel that this, well, now you're having a totally different conversation. So if you're trying to figure out how to get your P&L on track, or if you're trying to figure out what the F happened to your balance sheet, or you're trying to figure out accountability goals, which at some point at the end of the day, they do become black and white. Now there's reasons for those black and white and shades of gray, but there is a moment of black and white. But when someone starts a conversation with, I feel that's a totally new conversation now. Now, 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 now you're not having a business conversation anymore. And, I, and that, it took me about 10 years to notice that. And it wasn't until probably six months ago that it dawned on me that that's what happened. And so when you think about the ushering in of the environmental movement, which is very easy to connect with the environment, you can go right outside and connect. Who doesn't have a great memory of the water? Who doesn't have a great memory of swinging in a tree? And now you're going to clear cut trees? It's very easy to connect. So it's, <laughs> it's dangerous to invite this religious, uh, cultish, this kind of this, this spiritual connection to the environment at the same time you're ushering in this feelings into the workplace. Anyway, that's just an observation I had over the last uh, year, and so that's what it is, man. Your thoughts? That's a, that's a, that's a very good observation you got there. <laughs> Wait, was, it, was it a little too hippy-dippy? You're from Colorado, so I figured we can get into existential talk. <laughs> I'm actually from California, unfortunately. Oh, that's real um, existential you. talk then. Okay. That's, you're, you guys are the king of the hippies out there. You got doctors no. and sandals and everything. Oh, yeah. I got away from that for a reason. I moved over to good old Colorado here. Hey, man, we're going to Dr. So-and-so. He's got beads hanging in and his sandals. And, oh, yeah. Anyways, uh, I lived in California for a year, so I, I kind of I joke because I had fun out there. Um, no, same here. But anyway, so that yeah, that's kind of my my little my little rant of this morning. But I'm not even trying to rant; it's more of an observation, I guess. That um, yeah. just folks, you got to be very careful when we're talking about feelings in the workplace. I get that there's a place for it. Listen, we're all about inclusion. We're all about diversity. But at the same time, that there there is some risk management involved with that. And unfortunately, you know, not everybody gets bailed out by the government all the time, and so they can cost you. It can cost you. So, um, well, sir, let's ha- let's end on a happier note. Um, <laughs> well, it kind of you know, turned into a little Debbie Downer there, so uh, I have to go past that. 
Um, what? How can people get in touch with you guys once again? And uh, operators, you know, talk to talk to me like I'm an operator. Talk to you like you're an operator. I mean, you want me to try to sell you and close you on a deal and how great we are and what we do, or I can just give you my information. I mean, either way works for me. You got two minutes. <laughs> in, two, in two minutes or less, sell me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I don't, I, I don't actually do the selling. I just provide the services that are necessary so that the operators can do what they do in compliance. That's exactly um, what a salesman would say. <laughs> <laughs> to hear you know thoughts and other people doing the same thing that we're doing in our industry especially out here in the basin dj basin uh we'd love to hear you know thoughts and and processes things they've done to better themselves in regards to you know the oil and gas industry the burners uh incinerators like we do um but yeah all american services llc you can just go to uh, american ogs um or you know look under the contact section my name is drew galang and uh yeah we'd love to hear from you (laughs) 